Luke chapter 9. I got questions. I like to ask questions. Um, what is Christianity to you? What, what is Christianity to you? Is, is it a religion? Is it how you were raised? Is it your parents' faith? What is this life, you know, coming to church and doing all these things, what is it to you? What, what, what does Christianity mean to you? During the time that uh, Jesus preaches the message that we find here um, in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 20 through 25, um, do you think, now you're going to have to vote. We're going to have a vote. We're going to, you know, you have to pick one side or the other. If you don't, I'll know, okay? There, there are too few people here for me to not know that you didn't vote. So you've got to raise your hand for one or the other, okay? Do you think that during the message, um, during the time that Jesus preached this message, was it popular to follow Jesus or was it unpopular? Was it a popular, and I, we're going to have a second, is it, was it popular or was it unpopular to be a follower, to be known as a follower of Jesus? So raise your hand if you think it was unpopular to be a follower of Jesus at this time. You think it was unpopular to follow Jesus at this time. All right, put your hands down. Those of you who think it was popular to follow Jesus, raise your hand. My man Noah and Miss April. You guys are the only two that are right. It was, it was popular. There were a lot of people following Jesus. You, you have the multitudes here. This was, a, this was an exciting time in Jesus' ministry. He was healing people. He was making the, the, the blind to see. The lame were walking. And all sorts of people. Were, he had just fed the 5,000 around this time. So, I mean, all these people are interested, especially in a free lunch, as we would be too. Especially in the South. People love coming to church for free food. Anyway, in <laughs> um, the North, we're too stuck up. We, we're too concerned about our reputation to do that. But anyway, they wanted fr- a free lunch, basically. They wanted handouts. They wanted what Jesus could do for them. He was doing all these amazing, incredible things. He was preaching messages that were, you know, at times they were a little bit edgy. They, you know, they weren't what they had heard before. Following Jesus, it was a popular thing. He had a lot of people that were following. Now, obviously... And some of you are probably thinking of this when you voted for unpopular. There were a lot of detractors, a lot of people that were against him, the religious establishment especially. But for the most part, with the common folk, it was popular in, in Judea to follow Jesus at this time. Jesus had multitudes of people following him. Thousands of people were following Jesus and hearing his messages. But then Jesus preaches this message that not a lot of people wanted to hear. Let's read verses 23 through 25 of Luke chapter 9. Luke 9, verses 23 through 25, the Bible, the Bible says, And he said to them all. So Jesus, for, for a time, um, he had been just with his disciples, but then he goes to the multitudes and he says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Could you imagine 
a TV preacher, you know, a prosperity gospel guy, someone that has thousands and thousands of people listening to them and a lot, a lot more money being given to them. Could you imagine someone like that preaching a controversial or un, unpopular message when he's got the biggest following that he's ever had? Normally, people, people wouldn't do that. But Jesus chooses this time to make a transition in his ministry. At this point, he was going toward the cross. He, it's called the, before this time, it's called the Galilean ministry. He was going around from city to city, preaching messages and healing people, preaching, teaching in the synagogues. But at this point, his followers start to dwindle. He doesn't have the following that he used to have, and he's going toward the cross. Why would he do that? He wanted to have a discussion with these people, with these people that were claiming to follow him. I call it, a, a, I read it, it's in a book called uh, Not a Fan. So if you've read that book, I'm going to quote from it. I'm, I didn't make this up, but it's called a DTR conversation. Define the relationship. Have you ever been in, in a relationship kind of where, you know, there were, there were blurred lines, maybe you weren't sure exactly where you stood with them, whether it was maybe a professional relationship or a, a romantic relationship or, so, or what, whatever kind of relationship, you're not sure where, where things are, I mean, sometimes parents have a conversation like this with their kids, and they're like, these are the boundaries for our relationship. I, I'm your friend, but I'm also your parent, right? And so you have to define the relationship. What are the terms of our relationship? And Jesus wants to define the relationship that he has with these people. And tonight, that's kind of what, I, what I'd like to do for us as well, and I think it's appropriate, it's what God would have us to do, is to define our relationship with God. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Are you tonight just on the bandwagon, or are you truly following Jesus? So first of all, in verse 23, we're going to look at the pursuit of life. The pursuit of life. Jesus tells us how we can follow him, how we can pursue him. In verse 23, and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, so if any man wants to follow me, let him, first of all, deny himself. That's a surrendered pursuit. A surrendered pursuit. To deny yourself, it means to renounce, disown, or disregard. And it's funny how when Jesus says to deny, deny himself, a lot of times when, when I've read that verse, I've thought, well, to deny yourself means to, you know, deny the desires that you shouldn't have, as in, you know, maybe fleshful, fleshly desires. That, that, that's how you should deny yourself. You shouldn't uh, desire those things. You should deny those desires that are wrong. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, to deny your very self. As in, a follower of Jesus renounces me. I'm no longer concerned with me. You disown self. You disregard your very self. The way that we live our lives should not be with self in mind. We have to reject ourselves and renounce living for ourselves. I've got a, a quote. There's a, a quote that I found by, if you're into football, it's about Tom Brady, the New England, New England Patriots quarterback. Um, and I'm sorry if, you're not, if you don't know much about football, I'm sorry to use this illustration, but it really illustrates well what Jesus is talking about here. There is a, a teammate that he had, I, I believe it was Mike Vrabel, who is now actually, I think, a head coach in Tennessee. I think he is. 
But anyway, this, this is what he said. He was at this time commentating on a sports TV, show, TV um, station. And this is what he said about his former teammate, Tom Brady. It's incredible. Brady is not satisfied by success. I think that's the most impressive thing to me, to continue to prepare, to continue to grind. And then he quotes something that Tom Brady said. If you want to beat me, you better be ready to lose your life because I've already given up mine. Brady's, Brady's former quarterback backup said this, the thing I learned most from Tom Brady is that playing quarterback is not a job, it's a lifestyle. And you've got to be willing to commit your life to it. And to be able to commit your life to playing the game the way he has played it and to have that much passion for it without ever being satisfied by it. He wakes up and it's all about what am I going to do today to be the best quarterback I can be for this organization. It means diet, exercise, hydration. And Sundays aren't the problem. It's Monday through Saturday. That's the problem. That's kind of ironic. You get to a point somewhere in your career where you say, I, I don't want to prepare anymore. If I could just throw up, show up on Sundays, that would be great. But I don't want to go through the grind. The grind of preparing to get to Sunday. He still eats that grind for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. Um, there, there is really, I, I think there is no parallel to Tom Brady's success in sports. I mean, he, he's been successful for year after year after year after year. And why is it this teammate said of him, it's, not, it's because it's not just about what he does on Sunday, it's about what he does Monday through Saturday. Playing quarterback for him isn't just a game. It's not just a job. It's a lifestyle. And for Christians, Jesus asks us to be willing to deny, to do whatever it takes to, to deny ourselves, to, to give up our lives, to follow Him. That's a surrendered pursuit. And can I tell you, when we don't live for self, that just happens to fix a lot of problems in our lives. When, we, when, we de- when we're already de- denying ourselves, we've already fixed a lot in, in our marriage, families, in our church relationships, in our jobs, in every single area of our life, when we deny ourselves, it fixes a lot of the problems that we normally have. We must realize that being a follower of Jesus means leaving certain things behind. You cannot live for Jesus and never give anything up for him. In order to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you must be willing to forsake certain things. Jesus said in, in, in a few chapters in Luke, Luke 14, verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And what Jesus was saying is, you must be willing to let go of even the dearest relationships and life for me. In comparison to your desire to love me, to know me, and to walk with me, and to follow me, every other relationship must be hatred. What are you pursuing first in life? What do you want most? Can I ask you, what have you left behind for Jesus? I'm not saying that as as a guilty question, but it could even be small things. What have you left 
What have you denied yourself for Jesus? So first of all, a surrendered pursuit. Secondly, in that second phrase in verse number 23, and take up his cross daily. It's a steady pursuit. A steady pursuit. We view Christianity in the big steps, right? Uh, when I was a teenager, I, this is how I kind of viewed God's will. You know, you, you, you decide, you, you let God decide for you where you're going to go to college and who you're going to marry, and you, you let God decide where you're going to live and what job you're going to have and what career you're going to pursue and all these things. And to us, that is Christianity, the big things. But Jesus says that Christianity is daily taking up our cross. We are not really, we're probably not going to face the kind of persecution that the early church did. We're not, we're not going to have to, you know, go hungry for Jesus. We're not going to have to lose our job, probably, for Jesus. Probably. You might. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the future. But I would venture to say that most of us, if we stay in America, we're not going to have to give up those kinds of things for Jesus. But, as believers, we might have to give up a Saturday for Jesus to go and serve and you know, help out, maybe at soccer or what, whatever ministry you might have on a Saturday. You might have to give up a little bit of sleep to get up and spend some time with the Lord in the morning. You, you, you might have, you might have to you know, give up some embarrassment or, or maybe a little bit of reputation for Jesus to share the gospel with someone. It is a daily pursuit. These are daily struggles and inconveniences that come with following Jesus. It's like Maybe forgiving someone close to you who says or does something that gets under your skin. Or getting less sleep for Jesus. Jesus is saying when we follow him, we're we're going to have to deal with daily suffering. As in, I don't have the right to a comfortable life if I follow Jesus. I don't don't have the right to, to demand that my life is fun all the time if I follow him. Following Jesus costs us something on a daily basis. Jesus said in Luke 14, um, 27, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The cross was a symbol of suffering and shame. I just, I lived in Alabama for a little while just now, and believe it or not, I didn't realize this, but northern Alabama, you have a lot of tornadoes up in that area. A lot of tornadoes. And some people, you meet people in that area where when you mention tornadoes, it's not like they take it lightly. They, they kind of get, you know, they, it's almost like PTSD that they have because they lived through a tornado and it, it tore, I mean, there's people there it tore up their house pretty bad and they were inside the house when that happened. And when you mention torna- a tornado, they get kind of upset about it a little bit. It kind of messes with them. And that's kind of the effect that, G- that Jesus saying a cross would have on the people that he preached to here. The cross was a symbol of suffering and shame. They, the Romans, they would, take, they would take Jews and they would line them up you know, by, by the hundreds on the side of the road to, show, to teach people a lesson, to make an, an example out of them. The, the cross was the most... You know, we, we talk about the, a crucible. We, we use a lot of words for pain that come from that word cross or crucible, crucifix. It was a symbol of suffering and and shame, and pain, and torture. And when Jesus said to take up your cross, he was saying that that Christianity, the following Jesus, is not about what I can do for you. It's just about getting me. It's, It's about following me. Taking up your cross 
was a one-way trip to them. If someone, the Romans would make people carry their own instrument of, of death. That's what the cross was. They, it talks about, you know, in the, in the crucifixion story of, of Christ, how Jesus had to carry his cross and he, he dropped it and someone carried it for him. They would make them carry their own crosses. And when Jesus said that following him was taking up a cross, he was saying that following me is a one-way trip. There is no going back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. So first of all, this pursuit is a surrendered pursuit. Secondly, it's a steady pursuit. Lastly, that last verse, or the last phrase, it's a serious pursuit. This person decides to follow Jesus. It's a choice of his will. Verse 23, and follow me. As in, like Nike says, just do it. Just, just follow. Have you decided to follow Jesus? I'd venture to say that a lot of you have, and a lot of these things are, are just reminders for you. But maybe there's someone in here that has not decided that I am going to serve Jesus with everything that I have. I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to be serious about it. Can I encourage you to do that? Luke 14, we're going to read a couple more verses in that passage as well. Luke 14, verses 28 through 33. For which of you, intending to build a tower sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it. Lest haply after he laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else while yet... The other is a great way off. He sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus told them to count the cost. Someone that builds something, if you do it right anyway, <laughs> you figure out what you need before you start building it. A general is not going to start a battle before he decides, can I really take this guy on? He's not going to get into a battle without realizing what the other guy has and deciding, you know what? I don't think we can take these guys. We're just going to, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to take peace. We're probably going to have to give up some stuff. And Jesus is saying, I don't want you to follow me without considering what it's really going to cost you. I don't want people that just do it just on an emotion. Emotions are always part of it, but he doesn't want people to just follow him based on emotions. He wants people to understand that following him will cost you something. And he says, count the cost. Am I trying to discourage people from following Jesus? No. There's nothing else that will satisfy you. And there, is, there is no greater joy than following Jesus and walking with God. But it's going to cost you something. And if you don't decide that you're willing to give up anything for him before you start out, you're going to be up, up a creek. Count the cost and look what, at what it takes to follow him. So first of all, we saw the pursuit of life. Secondly, in verse 20, 20, 24, excuse me, we see the meaning of life. What brings meaning to your life? What brings meaning to your life? Jesus says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. 
What brings meaning to your life? Is it friends, respect, pleasure, leisure, recognition, popularity, friends? Jesus says that if you save your life, if you live for those things, then you're really losing it. The, the phrase, save his life, it has the idea of living for the best of life for myself. We all, um, at least this is true of me, and I think it's true of most people, we all are born with this innate sense of trying to redeem time, right? Uh, the Bible uses the term redeem time. We, we understand that we only have one life to live, and we want to make the most out of it. We are, we are born with the sense that um, we have a limited, a finite amount of time that one day we're going to leave this earth somehow. And at that point, it's going to be over. And Jesus was saying, if you live to save your life, if you try to hold on and try to get the best out of life for yourself, then you are going to end up losing out in the end. We have terms like carpe diem. And YOLO, you only live once. We understand that we have a limited amount of time on this earth. But the paradox of the gospel is that the only way to prevent your life from being wasted is to give it up. The, the, only, the only way to prevent you from losing the life that you hold so dear is to give it up and give it to Jesus and allow him to do whatever he wants with it. What does life mean to you? We, we play games sometimes, like um, we either use an egg or maybe a banana or something like that. Uh, maybe some of you have played a game like this. And everybody has an egg or everybody has a banana and you have to hold it in your hand. And the way to win the game is to be the last person with an intact banana or an intact egg, you know, one that wasn't broken. And so everybody's running around in an area, all these other people with you, and everybody's got an egg, everybody's got a banana, and you're trying to squash other people's eggs, other people's bananas, while you're holding on to your own. And the trick is to not squash it while you're running, you know, you're trying to sprint around and run around, dodge other people, and you're trying to make sure that you don't break that egg or you don't destroy that banana, that um, sensitive banana um, while still trying to get other people's. And that's how life is. The, har the, the harder we hold on to our life, the more tightly we grip what we want in life, the more that we say, this is mine, God, you can have all of this over here, but I'm going to keep this little bit of life to myself. The more that we say it, the more that we're going to lose our lives. The, the less we're going to enjoy life the less we're going to get fulfillment out of life, the more we will waste it because we hold so tightly onto it. Live with open hands toward Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm following you. And you can have whatever. I'm denying myself. I'm taking my cross every single day and I'm choosing to follow you. I will lose my life for your sake. So first of all, the, we saw the pursuit of life. Secondly, the meaning of life. Lastly, the goal of life. The goal of life. What is your purpose in life? What, what is your goal? Why do you do what you do? Every, you know, is it just to, to get to the next day? Is it you know, maybe just to get to the next, the next paycheck, the next week, or maybe the next vacation? Why do you do 
what you do. Verse 25, the Bible says, For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Um, I've talked to some of you, and I'm, I might have mentioned, I don't say this to brag, it's just where I'm from. I'm from the richest, the richest county in America by median household income. And I went to school in the second most one. In Alabama, I lived in a decently affluent area, and I would have to, a lot of, there was, on top of a mountain, there were a lot of really nice communities. And I would see, um, I, I worked for Google Fiber. So I would uh, install internet in people's houses. I'd be in people's houses all the time. And I would see the nicest, you know, the nicest stuff. I mean, I was like, why do you need that? Why do you need this? This is, this is just, what, what are you doing? And, you know, even now, I, I go over, um, over by Lake Oconee and, and over by the lakes and stuff um, for my job right now um, with Local Loop. And I, you know, I see, you know, the, the nice country clubs over there and the nice communities and, and all that stuff. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of that stuff innately. There, there really isn't anything. But what if, for a moment, we could, each of us individually, we could have all of that stuff, plus every other thing that we want, every other goal, maybe, you know, whether it be a, a relationship you like to have one day, or, you know, uh, you, you could be retired, or, or whatever. What if, for a moment, we could have all of that stuff and more? We could have the whole world. Literally, the, the entire world is at our disposal. Jesus is not exaggerating when he says, if he gained the whole world. I, you know, I catch myself all the time thinking about, well, what would it be like if I had that? Especially when I was working that job with Google Fiber. I, I was making good money, but I wasn't making money like what those people were making. And so I think, what would it be like? You know, I, 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 wor- I work just as hard as they do or whatever, you know, feeling sorry for yourself. And, you know, what would it be like if I had that? Or what would, it, what would it be like if I, if I knew those kinds of people? What would it be like if I had those kinds of relationships? Or what, what would it be like? And Jesus says, don't worry about that. What would it profit you if you had the whole world? Nothing. Because you've lost your soul. You've l- lost yourself. I asked you, why did you get up this morning? Maybe you've done this, maybe you haven't. But it might be a good thing for you to just... Sit, take a moment at some point, maybe tonight, if you have some free time or sometime this week, and write down and say, what is the goal of my life? Write, write out, what am I living for? And I, you know, I wish I did it more than I do. And then allow that goal to influence your every decision. Allow that goal to define the way that you live. I think a lot of us would probably put a pretty good goal in there. I think a lot, you know, here on Sunday night, which means you're probably pretty dedicated. And uh, you'd probably write something about how you want to follow Jesus. Let that influence the way that you live your life on a daily basis. Jesus said that if you live for the world, even if you got the whole thing, you lost your life. You've ruined it. Before we close, I want to make a, a, a couple notes. Um, it's not about perfection. It's about direction. And I understand a lot of, like I said, this is Sunday night crowd, so I understand who we got in here. And I'm not be, browbeating you all. all what, what I mean to say is, are you going in the right direction? I know everybody messes up. No, no one's perfect. So, uh, all of us in here, at one point this week, we were not following Jesus. I understand that. 
But I want to ask you, are you going in the right direction? It's not about perfection. That, that is God's standard. But what God wants from us is to be going in the right direction. Your destination in life determines your direction. Your destination in life determines your direction. What is your destiny? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to go with your life? And that will determine your direction. In closing, I got one more Tom Brady illustration, except it's verbatim from Tom himself. And this is a very, very intriguing. It was an interview, and the guy said, Tom, you've won, this was after his third Super Bowl, I think. And he said, Tom, you've won three Super Bowls. What do you do now? I mean, you, you've climbed the highest mountain in, 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 in my opinion, entertainment three times. You've done one of the hardest things there is to do on planet Earth three times. What are you going to do with your life? What, what, what do you, where do you go? Tom said this, Why do I have three Super, Bowls ring, Super Bowl rings and still think there is something greater out there for me? Maybe a lot of people would say, This is what it is, man. I've reached my goal, reached my dream, and he, he took the Lord's name in vain. I think it's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. Can I tell you, we, we know the answer. God's told us the answer of what there is more than winning Super Bowls or million-dollar homes or retire, early retirement or whatever. We know what's out there more than these things. Are you following Jesus? What, what are you living for? Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for your word and, Lord, the opportunity that it is to follow you. Lord, you've given us a purpose. Lord, you've allowed us to, to know you. Lord, I pray that with, with, with our whole hearts, Lord, we would follow you that we count the cost and then we decide that it's worth it to give anything for you. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will with us. Keep us safe as we leave. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.